and we are back and we are the run duo i am tommy mitchell hey what's up guys and i am india cook yes what's up india happy new year happy what's new going year. on <laughs> oh my gosh you know it was, it was so funny i was talking to somebody the other day about there's some people that celebrate like january 1st as a new year and some people that celebrate their birthday as a new year i don't know it's just I, like, I celebrate January 1st as a new year. Like I establish goals then. Some people like to establish goals at their birthday. Yeah. I, you know what? I mean, I definitely use New Year's and my birthday as a reflection point. Yeah, a reflection point. Yeah. I don't necessarily start it, it start goals there. I try to, if I have a goal, I try, I'm saying I try. I try to go ahead and just start it whenever I think about it. Like if I say, I want to get in better shape. I just go ahead and try and start. I don't like kind of wait until the holidays over and kind of do it that way. But yeah. it doesn't always work out that way because this year I'm kind of starting fresh with the the, uh, the calendar year. But I definitely use those dates as kind of a time to reflect on how I'm doing in my goals. And birthday is more how I'm doing overall in my in my world. Like where am I in my life is what I do on my Mm, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I think the New Year's is a good benchmark um, in regards to your day-to-day. And I agree. Like, I think sometimes on your birthday, you're like, okay, what am I doing? Like, am I being a good human? And how am I <laughs> like, progressing? I am, I'm 51 years old. Why am I still wearing jerseys? That's not right. right. <laughs> Why do I still have a Buccaneers jersey with my name on it? Why am I 40 still <laughs> Like, yeah, like those things, like trying yeah, to- Yeah, that's what I do on my birthday, yeah. <laughs> I totally understand. So, <laughs> did you have an amazing new year? Um, It was cool. We chilled, Um, the family, me, Heather, and Trey. Trey didn't make it. Heather barely made it. I made it. Um, mm-hmm. Did a little seafood. Um, we used, you know, I usually cook some kind of dinner for New Year's, so I cooked- um, I went to the grocery store and I just, everything that was at the seafood spot, I got it. I got the crab legs, I got the scallops, got the shrimp. Okay. Um, yeah, we had, a, we had a nice little seafood mixture, seafood plate, um, for the new year. And, you know, it was, did you watch any of like the, the new year's programs, like the new year's oh, Eve programs? I did. I watched the New York City, New York, where usually Times Square is it Times Square where usually. So which was it? Did you do the Ryan Seacrest or did you do what was it? Anderson Cooper? Which one did you do? The one where J Lo was on there. I think that was Ryan Seacrest. Yeah, I think that's yeah. I I, yeah, I none of the performances really did anything for me. I kept you know because they. I mean, which honestly, I don't think is any different. Most years, the performers that are on there. I don't want to say they're old or past their prime, but they're usually not the top, top guys. Like, they're guys that may have been, you know, pretty popular a few years earlier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm always finding myself going, can you just play your hit? No, I don't want to hear, I ain't going to lie to you, I don't want to hear your new music. Don't, don't give me the new stuff. <laughs> don't give me the new stuff. Just play your hit. I want Jenny from the block, that's what I want to hear. Yeah. Right, because the hits, the new stuff ain't it. Like, you yeah, like, go back to the hits. You just you can't, got put on the map. Yeah, yeah I, you can't got that. You whoever doing your songwriting, you need to upgrade him because that that ain't that ain't it. But yeah. I, I enjoyed it for the most part. It was interesting. Um, <laughs> I kept complaining because I was like, this is like the banter between like the people talking. I was just like, can y'all no turn? I don't. 
Because I can, I'll go between all of them. I flip yeah, back I and forth. Think it was really forced. I actually think that it was interesting that it took place. And I know that, you know, Times Square has been happening for, for forever. Um, and I didn't even think that it was going to happen because it's usually like people are on top of each other. Um, but it was, I did see how they, they did the little boxes for each person, like each family or whatever could, you know, obviously they did their own little, um, sections. So that was cool, but it just wasn't the same, you know? Uh, no, but it wasn't. And I mean, they did it for the, um, frontline workers. That's who yeah. they allowed to come, yeah. which I thought was cool, but I would really love to talk to one because I'm sure they were like, eh, you know, because the reason you want to go to Times Square, cause it is filled with people, people and yeah and all that kind of stuff but you know it, it's it's been a different year all the way around so of course we knew new year's was going to be different as well yeah um, did you did you did, uh do you do the traditions did you drink did you eat your black eyed peas on the first no we don't do any of that y'all don't do the black eyed peas mm -hmm. i didn't even luck. grow i think my mom did that for a, my um yeah but i think my mom did that a little bit when i was growing up but it was never like I know about it, but it was never something that was like, oh my God, you gotta have your black eyed peas. So I guess I just never, it was not a tradition that I grew up on heavily, heavy. So it's nothing that if it's, if it's not there when I was a little girl, it don't really continue. <laughs> I think my mom used to do it, but Heather's big on it. Heather, uh, you got, yeah. Heather only, Heather only cooked one meal a year. That's it. That, that black eyed peas. Right. Heather better get them coins. She wants those coins. I hear you, Heather. <laughs> I hear you. Definitely. Yes, yes, yes. But other than that, everything is good. I'm excited for 2021 um, and everything that it has in store for us on the running front and everything. I am at week six of marathon training and I'm basically at week three because I took <laughs> the last couple weeks of December. Um, I was in grind mode and getting some things together for um, my business, which is definitely picking up as far as run coaching. So I definitely am excited to still do the race, um, but I definitely have some work to put in these next uh, six weeks. That's cool. Um, so I didn't know you, you had decided to do the marathon. Did you tell me that already? Oh, you said marathon training. No. You say half marathon. Make okay. Sure, make sure you don't have our listeners say <laughs> it's half. H-A-L-F. No, no, no. We are not doing a full. Not right now. I, mean, I still, I have some fools under my belt that are coming in the future, but not, not this year. Now, before we go any further, um, we got a great guest that we have that we're going to be speaking to. Uh, Sarah. How do you pronounce your last name? Sarah. Caney. Sarah Caney. There we go. No, um, great conversation. It is Sarah Caney. It's Sarah Caney. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well. Guys, stay tuned so you can know exactly how to pronounce her last name. <laughs> anyway, um, we'll be speaking with her a little bit later. Um, great conversation um, with her. So uh, definitely stay uh, to listen to that. For sure. So anything, you got any resolutions that you've started for the year? Um, no, I've just been staying on top of, um, trying to stay on top of my nutrition um, and getting my workouts done. Um, also I did do something. It's funny because we're going to talk to Sarah about this when she comes on the podcast, but, uh, I've been trying to do no phone for the first like 30 minutes of my day. So not checking my social media, um, as soon as I wake up, cause I have a bad habit of like rolling right over and picking. That's the first thing I do is pick it up. Um, so I've been trying to, you know, get my prayer in and whatever else I need and, you know, have conversation in the morning, but not social media. So 
that's been going yeah what do i do in the morning i don't look at social media but i do look at um the news like i read the news headlines on my phone that's the first thing i do in the morning um another thing now if you are listening and you don't live in georgia you probably don't understand this We're, we're recording this on tuesday the 5th of january which is election day here in yes. Georgia for the for the Senate runoff. If you ain't in Georgia, you don't know about all the text messages. You don't know about all the commercials. Um, you don't know about, you know, every five minutes somebody talks to you about the Senate runoff. I am so happy this is going to be over. Yes. If you're a Republican, liberal, whatever, I'm just happy it's over. Because yeah. it was driving me crazy. How many, I used to get, I get like four or five texts a day. I get more than that. This. Yeah, I, I've been getting more than that. You know, you know something I will say, and I was uh, speaking to Tess about this this weekend I was telling her that although it was it is annoying I'm really appreciative because I feel like it probably got people out that weren't going to go out um, because they were adamant but it is one of those things where it's like I was looking I saw a meme today and they were like it's borderline like uh harassment at this point because when I say we're getting text messages from random people that not not even calling us by our name they're just like They'll say like, hey, Molly, um, make sure that you come out and vote. It's like, first of all, my name's not Molly. I've already voted, like whatever. But you know, and you can actually respond. And they will respond back to you. Like these are people that can do that. And then you have phone calls and then the mail is in flux with stuff. But I, I think it just tells us where the times are right now is that things are really hard and people are on the ground running, literally trying to make sure that some change is happening. Of course, it's on both sides, the Democratic and Republican side, because um, I get both. But um, I think that it's interesting, the push that is taking place right now, because I don't think that, I mean, there was a push when Obama was being, uh, was in office or, you know, elected, reelected, but I don't think it was as intense as it is right now. Well, I don't think um, the the regular election, the presidential election was as bad as it's been for this Senate runoff. This Senate runoff has just been incredible mm-hmm. um, here in Georgia about the how overwhelming amount of advertising. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know the exact number, but somebody, I, I heard it on the news, they were talking about it, how much money was spent by both sides oh, yes, um, mm-hmm. for TV buys. It's, it's, it's crazy. And then every other day, it's a different commercial and a different way to slight the other person. I ain't going to advertise. I'm just going to say, my boy, uh, uh, Warnock, I, I appreciated that he mostly talked about himself and yes. less about the other person. I, yes. all, I Less about trying to break them down and just more might make you understand what he was trying to bring to the table. And that's one reason I, I, I appreciated him um, yeah, you know, I think, as far as yeah. the way he carried himself. And I think that that is a great uh, call out because it is very exhausting and mentally draining over the last couple months um, when watching television and you continue to see whether it be your side or the other side, whatever you choose, whatever party you're, you're affiliate or you affiliate yourself with. It's never good when you just hear someone saying, well, this person does this and just negativity. It's like no one wants to just consistent negativity but when you're watching tv here in georgia over the last couple of months it's been nothing but like this person does this and when they were at age two they did, went to this and they did that and <laughs> it's like oh my gosh it's like they just dig dirt and it's like it's just too much and it's like regardless of what side you choose i think as humans in general as individuals in general we have to be careful and limit 
the negative, the amount of negativity that we ingest. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I don't, whether it was him or whether it was my, you know, whether it was someone I was rooting for or someone I wasn't, if I saw a political ad these last two weeks, I just turned the channel. Yes. I just like, okay, I'm not, I don't, let me get a channel that doesn't have it on right now and I'll just watch yeah. that. Um, been watching a lot of Apple TV, no commercials. Mm hmm. Yep. That is so true. Well, I'm excited for it to be over and I'm excited for it to, you know, for whatever will take place. Obviously the Senate runoff is a huge deal because it can help, you know, it could, it can definitely um, change some things around in regards to even the presidential space and kind of what Biden is going to be able to do. It's going to make a big difference. So if in fact, Democrats get the seat, so. But if they don't, people, life goes on. It does. Continue to live. Don't lose your mind e on either side. Mm -hmm. Do not lose your mind. We're all Americans. Yes, yes, yes. But on the running front, um, obviously it's the beginning of the year and there is a lot of ambassadorships that are opening up. So um, that not opening up, but they're announcing that you're an ambassador now. So over the next couple months, you'll be seeing an influx of people saying, I'm an ambassador for this, I'm an ambassador for that. Um, and I think that it's amazing that um, ambassadorships are still around and people are still excited in, in it to, to obtain them. Um, and just, I just want to say, just if you don't get into certain ambassadorships or if you don't get in um, or whatever the situation is, you're not any lesser of a person. You can still do your thing, still use the product. It just look, may look a little different. But anyway, um, what was that? Oh, was it this year or last year that you were doing all the ambassadorships? I did have several last year. Um, I have since um, adjusted this year for 2021. Um, I, honestly, I found that through the year, there are some companies that don't align with my morals and don't align with my, like what I feel companies should, should be doing in regards to ambassadorship. So I reassessed some things for 2021. Um, so my list will definitely be shorter. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Are you going to kind of go over the ones that you lie? Or are you just going to just kind of let it lie? I will at some point. Once I get all my um, answers and emails and <laughs> once I get all my sentences, I will. I will dictate. I'm not going to bash any company. Yeah, exactly. And all of that. Like, that's not where I am with it. But I think that, you know, even with, with 2020, um, I assessed how companies address the Black Lives Matter movement. I assessed was something said, have they changed certain things? I assessed how they handed their ambassadors, the level of communication, um, how they got amb ambassadors involved, um, what exactly they did in regards to, or how they give back to community. Um, is your ambassadorship just giving all these thousands of people a discount or are you, all, are you also giving something to the ambassadors? Like that's, all of that is important to me. Um, and I don't think I realized that until I went through the year of 2020 to 2021 and being under different ambassadorships and because all of them do different things um, and how they address their business model is very different is when you realize, you know what, this isn't how this is supposed to go. <laughs> so, yes. But yes, I will we'll definitely be able to have, um, I'm probably going to do a, a whole vlog on that series um, in regards to what that looks like. And then also um, transitioning to paid partnerships instead of ambassadorships, because we know ambassadorships are free. You know, it's free stuff. Um, it's free giving, it's discounts, um, and it looks very different than paid partnerships. Are we ready to bring the guest on? 
Yes, we are ready. We are going to be bringing on Sarah Canny. I'm so excited to speak with her. She is an amazing person I've been following on social media and she has some good stuff in store. So here she goes. And we are back and we have an amazing guest today. We have Sarah Canny with Rise Run Retreat. She is the founder and the CEO, the boss, the owner of Rise Run Retreat. And I am so excited to have her here with us today. I have had a pleasure of connecting with her on some other business levels and I'm really excited to have her talk. So Sarah, welcome. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, for sure. Yes, thank you, Sarah, for taking time out of your day to speak with us. Yes. Of so you are our first guest of 2021. Um, and we're really excited. Yes, really, really excited because I know that you have some amazing things um, going on for the year, you know, for the year. But before we get started, so I've been a follower of yours for a while. And I know that the last month, was it the full month? Did you do all of December? Yeah. All of so all of December, you did a full month of no social media and you came back on today and I was so excited to see your face, but I want to hear how was your month off of social media? Yeah, it was, um, it was really good. Um, first of all, it was just nice to sort of hit pause. Um, and I think it was also a little eye-opening for me. Um, I think as sort of a type A person that likes to like have everything like in a row and organized, um, I had this sort of fear that if I stepped away for any significant amount of time that um, everything would sort of fall apart. And the reason why I feel that way is, is because I've really sort of built my business around my Instagram presence. Mm -hmm. And I think the fear was that if I stepped away, that sort of things would in the business might crumble or suffer. Um, and, um, that was not true. So that's, that was great. Um, <laughs> everything actually like nothing changed really is what happened. And, um, but I also realized just how much social media can be. I mean, it, there's so many good things to it. Right. And, um, there's the connections that we make and the communities that we form. Um, but it's also, it's designed by these these media companies to be this thing that we can't put down, that we can't look away from that, it, you know, and so it becomes this huge distraction sometimes. And um, I think in taking a month off, I realized it was actually kind of like turning off background noise. It was as if this like social media is this like super loud noise that I've sort of learned over the years to tune out, but it's always there. And so it's like this low level buzz. Um, and then by signing out for 30 days, everything just kind of got quiet and it was like, oh, okay. That's what I'm thinking about. That's how I feel. And so I think that was probably the, the most beneficial part was just like tuning more into my creativity, my productivity, <laughs> um, and my own thoughts really. Yeah. Now is that, and I, I totally agree. I, I, Tommy and I were speaking before you came on and I was just saying that probably, I probably need it. <laughs> Stepping away from um, social media, it's probably definitely a need. Tommy is not as attached to social as I am, but I'm, I'm pretty attached, like emails, everything, like everything is bing, bing, bing. As soon as it goes off, I'm there. Um, but I can only imagine how it makes you 
connect and reconnect with yourself, probably reconnect better with things around you because you're a little, you're more present and not always in the phone. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. And I think I didn't realize how much, I guess, bandwidth was going towards social media. Um, and you know, it, from my perspective, what I'm trying to do is like create content and sort of use it as a marketing tool. Right. And like, you know, so I'm, my approach might be different than someone who's like a casual sort of user who doesn't, right. ha doesn't have it tied to their business. But I, I just kind of, it became really obvious that I'm always thinking of like, what, what am I going to post and what's the picture going to be? And what's the story going to be? And like, is there going to be swipe up? And, you know, it's just like this constant sort of role of, of everything that was going to happen on there and um, turning that off really um, was helpful in terms of just, and it was, I feel like December is a really great month to do it because I, I went off and then I was like, okay, 2020 is coming to a close. What am I, what are my goals for 2021? Like, what do, what do I want to do? And so it kind of really opened up this opportunity to just think right. and right. think and not be just, you know, and not be distracted. So and like you said, those creative juices, flow. I find myself um, when I'm like laying in bed at night is when all my things, all my mind is like, like all of these ideas and I have to get up and I have to write on a sticky note on the side of my bed. Like it's just, it's, it's, it's that. Um, but I think that's because I'm finally calm and I'm finally laying there and I'm like, okay, a lot of stuff is not going on behind me. But anyway, I'm very happy that you did that. And along with the 30 days, you also took, is it correct? You did two weeks of not working out as well. Yeah. So this is something I started doing when I started working with the coach who I'm currently working with, um, Kim Nadeau. Okay. So it's, it's a two week off season that we've built into my year. Um, and so I do it every year. Um, and it's, yeah, it's a scheduled break where there's no, there's no, she doesn't give me any training. Like I'm not really supposed to do anything like just supposed to kind of re recharge and it's actually really nice like physically it's like your body just kind of settles down and you have a chance to recover um at a deeper level than just like oh it's a recovery day or it's a rest day um so you get this extended recovery period and then also mentally like you're not thinking in the morning like oh what's my workout today what's in my plan you know let me check my training plan um it's nice to have that me mental break too. Definitely, definitely. I think more of us need those breaks, <laughs> not only from social, but also from, um, from running. We need to take those times off. I think I have built-in times off already just because stuff gets crazy and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> I need to take a step back. So I totally understand that. So um, going into kind of, I know you mentioned on social media that, um, one of your biggest things is building a business, but outside of building a business, you are a runner. So tell us a little bit of how you got started running and what's your background with that? Yeah. So really I started running sort of, I guess you could say on a whim or just out of curiosity. Um, I never ran in high school, never ran in college. I mean, I was athletic, you know, I was on the sports teams, that kind of thing, played basketball. Um, and in college, I didn't really have a thing, you know, and so um, I picked up a runner's world magazine and 
you know, was kind of browsing the articles and, and read that people run marathons. And I thought, oh, you know, like that, maybe that'll be a good bucket list thing. Like, I'll just, I'll just say that I did that. It sounds impressive. Like, <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> um, I could do that one day. <laughs> yeah, I could do that. And so I sort of fixated on like, I'm going to run a marathon. And like, I think initially when I sort of had that thought, it would be like, okay, like, I'm going to run a marathon check. I'm going to go skydiving check. I'm going to go scuba diving check. You know, like I was, this is like one of those bucket list things. Right. And, um, but I started training and, um, I really got hooked. Like I, I just became a runner, I guess, you know, I just loved like the daily runs and, um, I started to, to compete in some local races and, you know, I'd get like an age group placement or whatever. And the competitive, like athlete from high school started to come out and I was like, Oh, I kind of like this. And, um, so, so I ran my first marathon, my junior year of college. Um, and, uh, and from then on, I just, I haven't, um, haven't really stopped. I mean, there was a period of time where I sort of fell out of love with running, um, and didn't run for about three years. Um, I think my, my goal um, so when I first was like, oh, I'm going to run a marathon, I was like, oh, I'll run the Boston marathon, but I didn't realize you had to qualify. Um, <laughs> and, uh, so, so I was like, oh, I'll qualify my first marathon. Well, that didn't happen. Um, I tore my plantar fascia at mile 23 of that, mm. that first marathon. So that didn't happen, but, um, but yeah, it became this like relentless pursuit of that, that Boston qualifying time. And, um, I kept getting slower and slower. And so, I think it was like my slowest and worst marathon after that. I was, I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. So I swore it off for, for three years and, um, took a break, but then kind of found my way back to it. Um, in, uh, really like 2010 ish. So what rekindled that love back? I had a baby (laughs) and I had a baby and I was like, I need to do something for myself. Like, it was just like, okay, I think, you know, it was like this running thing had sort of been part of my identity before kids. And I think when I became a mom, I was like, who the heck am I? Like, and I was think I was just trying to figure out like, who am I now that I'm a mom? Like, am I just mom? Like, or am I, can I also be like a little bit of who I used to be? And so I think for me, it was like a combination of like, kind of trying to figure out who I was going to be. Mm-hmm. um, in this new stage of life and running is really conducive to that. Cause it's like, you go for these runs and you think, and you like, think through like who you are and what you're doing in life, you know? So I think that's what brought me back to it was that I kind of needed an outlet, obviously, like being a new mom is incredibly emotional, right? So it's like dealing with all those postpartum emotions, um, plus like, figuring out like who, who am I going to be? So, and where well, I'm not a child, I don't have children, but obviously I, I could imagine trying to find that time to escape to yourself. And I know Tommy, you're about to speak to it because he's a newer dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I was going to say, yeah. I mean, of course, you know, um, being a parent definitely changes things. I mean, it's a little different for, you know, like my, my son's mother, same kind of thing. She kind of went hard back into, cause she was running before, but she went hard back into after Trey was born. So I definitely understand where you're coming from. 
I did want to kind of ask though, because I see that you you do snow. Is it snowshoe running, or is it just snowshoe, or it, what, it, what, it, what it actually is, and that you have a bronze medal from it actually? So yeah. I really want to hear about that. Yeah, so it's snowshoe running. Yep, I'm a competitive snowshoe runner. I've been on the U.S. national snowshoe running team a couple times. Um, had the opportunity to compete at the world championships um, three times now. Um, and the last two times, um, let's see, in 2019, I was uh, finished ninth. And then last year, I finished third. So um, so got the bronze medal. So Congratulations yeah. on that. Yeah. How much of a difference is it from running on the road to running with snowshoes on? Yeah, well, it's a lot colder, <laughs> a lot more wet. <laughs> um, but it does, I mean, overall, the, the movement pattern is, is mostly the same, right? And the, the really the difference is um, the, the terrain in terms of like, what are the snow conditions? Obviously, the more firmly packed the snow is, the more it feels like, say, road running. Um, and the deeper the snow is, the more it feels like painful. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so, like running um, the sand. So, what was that? Is it like running in the sand almost? Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, that that's a good comparison. So, um, you know, the snowshoes are obviously a little different than, say, like a hiking snowshoe or a walking snowshoe. They're um, shorter, they're narrower, they're a lot lighter, so they're conducive to running. Um, and um, really, it's just a slightly more exaggerated stride. Your your feet are a little bit wider apart, just for this because of the snowshoes. Not much, like it's not super noticeable, um, but it um, it definitely is. It's a great way to build leg strength, which is kind of why I like it for the off season. Um, and um, you just, your heart rate just like skyrockets. So, um, it's, it's another great way to just build cardiovascular endurance and fitness. So, um, you know, I live in new England, so we get a lot of snow. Um, and a lot, a lot of times our roads are like slushy, icy black ice, you know, and so it's a great alternative in the winter to be able to just go out into a field or the trails or wherever you can find a spot to, to run in snowshoes and not have to worry about the road conditions. Great. That, that definitely is great. I saw also um, looking through your blogs, um, Elliptigo. Yeah, that's, that's kind of new for me this year. Mm -hmm. um, but I um, kind of got hooked on them because of my coach. She, she rides one and, and recommended it. And I think I'd always had the opinion that um, it was something that injured runners use. And, um, but I was able to find one um, actually on Craigslist and um, snatched it up right away because it was a great deal. Um, and then I used that throughout the summer. I logged a lot of miles on the Elliptigo. Um, and so I was, I, I like it because, you know, I'm getting older. I'm like getting closer and closer to 40 and, um, you know, I like higher mileage weeks just don't leave me feeling that great. <laughs> so this is a way the elliptical is just an awesome way to add volume. So I can, it's as if, you know, I can run like 40 to 50 miles of road or trail running and then do another like 60 to 70 miles on the elliptical and put together you know, a pretty decent, like the equivalent of like a really high, high mileage week. So that's what I like about it. And it's just kind of fun. 
it's quick. Yeah, it, it looks fun. Um, I want to say um, India doesn't Aladdin Track Club. I know at one time Atlanta Truck had some that you could actually use here in Atlanta. Oh, yeah, they are uh, running a club here. Um, they do look fun, so I could understand <laughs> that would be a, a nice change up from just running on the road. Yeah, for sure. It, it's a it's a nice way to kind of mix it up and then, you know, give your body a break. And I just don't I don't feel as beat up. Like if I were to go out and do like 70, 80 miles per week of running, I would I would feel so beat up. But I can get the, the like the cardiovascular equivalent without, you know, destroying my body. So and that's what we need. I think all of us need that. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I mean, it's it's all about sort of the sustainability and the longevity of your running, right? It's mm -hmm. like, do you want to be doing this when you're 80 or whatever, exactly. 70, 80? And mm -hmm. my answer is yes. So <laughs> right. yeah. yeah, so try to protect and, and care for my body now so that it treats me well in, yeah. in 30 years. Right. I think for me, every time someone comes to me and says, oh, you're a runner is so bad for your knees. And then I roll my eyes really hard because I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, but that's only if you're not taking care of your body, you're not wearing the right shoes, you're not stretching, you're not foam rolling, you're not doing all of these other things. And yes, it can be bad on your body. <laughs> but if yeah. you're doing what needs to be done, including adding other exercises that help to switch it up, cross training other things, you know, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> So totally so true. Yes, definitely. So um, Sarah, you know, when you when we first started, um, I mentioned that you own Rise Run Retreat. And of course, as you were talking about um, coming into 2021 and how you removed yourself from social media and was concerned about your business, tell our listeners what your business is and what you are doing um, I, what I feel is such an amazing opportunity and great things that you're doing um, with the running community. But tell us a little more about that. Yeah, yeah. So I started Rise Run Retreat um, in 2015. So we celebrated our, our fifth sort of anniversary uh, in October of this year. Um, and really, it kind of came out of, um, so I originally started as a blogger sort of back in 2000, um, 2010 started as a blogger and I'd had the opportunity to, um, to be a part of this like, um, blogger experience. Um, and it was really amazing. Like I met some women who I'm still friends with today. Um, it was a really transformative experience for me. I kind of went in one person and I came out a totally different person just in terms of my confidence in myself and, um, just sort of a, a stronger sense of, of self and, and understanding of my own strengths. Um, and plus we, we got treated like VIPs, like we got this amazing swag and like it was a weekend and I just made these amazing connections. And, you know, I came out of that experience thinking like, wow, like how do I do more of that? Right. Mm -hmm. um, and the thing was, it was like invitation only. And, you know, there were all these things about it where I thought like, I, you know what, I don't think I'll ever do that again. And, um, you know, you kind of come off a weekend like that and you're like high on life and you're like, oh, this is amazing. And, um, you know, and then kind of coming down off of that, I was like, you know, what if I just made it happen myself and then I could go all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and I be a part of these amazing 
weekends. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I think the other thing too was like, I think the thing about it was the exclusivity of it. I just, I kept thinking, I kept getting kind of hung up on that. Like, what if you made something that was accessible to everyone? What if you made the same kind of experience that has like really impactful connections and an experience that's transformative and like really helps women find confidence and, and gain strength. Like, what if you, what if you made that for everybody, not just like this invitation only thing. And so that's kind of like the heart behind Rise Run Retreat is really wanting to help women um, gain confidence, find strength and make authentic connections through running. Um, and we do that with our annual retreats. Um, so in a typical year, we would host two retreats, one in the spring and one in the fall. Obviously last year was filled with all kinds of hurdles for anyone who puts on live events. Mm -hmm. um, so we didn't have our spring retreat. We were able to do like a modified fall retreat. And then actually in the fall of 2019, um, I started kind of working on this concept of a virtual retreat. Um, and this was actually before COVID even like we even knew that it was a thing, right? Um, and it had really that, that idea of the virtual retreat came out of a lot of messages that I had gotten from women saying like, Rise and Retreat looks so amazing, but um, I just can't travel to New England to, it's just like not, not possible for me, or I can't leave my family for four days, or it's just not in my price range, like it's too expensive. So I was trying to think like, well, how do I take this thing that I've created, this experience that's transformative and really impactful, how do I take that and just make it even more accessible, right, to these people who um, who can't travel or who, for who, whom it's too expensive. So, um, so I started like building out this concept of a, a virtual retreat and um, we launched it in March of, of 2020 and it just happened to hit like right as everything was going into lockdown and it ended up being like the perfect alternative because everybody's races were being canceled and I think everyone was feeling like oh my gosh I can't go run with my girlfriends and I can't like go to my my meet up and I, my race is canceled and my marathon, like everyone was just feeling the crush of, of disappointment mm -hmm. and disconnection. Um, and the virtual retreat ended up being like this really great way to bring people back together, you know, around running. Um, and so we still, you know, the virtual retreats and the in-person retreats, we have guest speakers, expert guest speakers who come in, um, and, um, you know, a, a core group of women who participate. Um, and um, I like to um, bring in like some sort of like personal growth type stuff to really kind of drill down into like that, those ideas of like confidence and strength and like sense of self. Um, just because I feel like running has done so much for me in terms of changing like the way that I see myself and the way I see possibilities for myself. Um, and I think it does that for a lot of people, especially people who come to running later in life. Um, so, so yeah, that's kind of how, how it, how it evolved and, and what we're doing now, um, going into this, this next year, we'll have, um, we won't have a spring retreat, but we will have a fall retreat. And then we've got four virtual retreats planned throughout the year. Nice. Okay. So you, I mean, it sounds like a, wellness weekend, wellness running weekend. Like it just, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, a lot of people, one of their concerns is like, they're worried that they're not fast enough and, you know, to be able to come to something like a running retreat. And the thing that I, that I say is that, you know, we're not a training camp and our focus is not on how fast you run or how many miles you run or what you have or haven't qualified for really our focus is on like, what is running sort of teaching you? Like, what are you getting from, from running and, and how can we do that in community with each other? So it's really more just about personal growth and, and community and sort of running is like a piece, a piece of that. Right. So you all will run, you will be able to run together, have sit down conversations, chats with other people that are like-minded that obviously love running as well. And you all be able to kind of talk on a deeper level is what I'm hearing from it. Um, levels that we probably aren't able to or don't talk about on social, social media. It sounds like a, a weekend to be vulnerable and a weekend to kind of release and talk um, just about the connections that you have or lack thereof and kind of how to reconnect with yourself in the sport as well. Yeah. Yeah, you can write the web copy for my website. That was great. <laughs> Take all of that. <laughs> yep, all that. It was great. All of that. Yeah, it's it's always amazing to me. I mean, running is can be the center of so many different things. It's a, mm -hmm. it can be. I mean, just kind of how you said. Well, I had a bucket list, and I said I was going to do a marathon, and then you got hooked. Mm -hmm. I mean, and it's always something about running, whether it be what you're talking about with your retreats whether it just be a social aspect of getting people together running it, it's like water to me because it can it just goes everywhere into everything yeah yeah that's so true it's like i think the the thing that i enjoy as the host is is hearing everyone's stories right like everybody has a different story of how they came to running why they do it what they love about it and a lot of times those stories are intertwined with with like grief or loss or personal tragedy or personal triumph or you know there's like there's so much complexity and depth to why people run and what they get out of it um and i think when people share that and kind of come into community around that it's it's really powerful it's it's inspiring like i bring in guest speakers but honestly so much of the inspiration comes from the people who are there just sharing their story yeah, I think something that I say is allowing women to run confidently, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and finding that space, whatever that is, because I think that that phrase looks different for everyone. Um, and I think that running is so much more than physical; it's emotional. It's it's just it's a unique confidence builder in different ways. Um, and I think it's really good that you are taking the time to bring people together and allowing this platform to be given so that people can release from that and. Something that sticks out to me is that you mentioned how people said that they may not be able to come take a weekend. Even that within itself is powerful. You know, like we, it's so many individuals, men and women, that are like, I can't remove myself from my everyday in and out mm -hmm. to fuel myself with something that I love. Um, and the fact that you're finding ways to allow them to still receive that is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, that was really the goal of the virtual retreat was to like bring the retreat to the people <laughs> kind of thing and just like take all the barriers down and, and just bring, like we bring the same conversation, the same connection, you know, and, and that was what I was really concerned about is like, well, how do you capture that? And, um, 
somehow through zoom, we've been able to do that, you know, and through the, the other platform on that we host the retreat on, we've been able to foster that con very real connections. Um, you know, and it, it all kind of boils down to, to people being willing to be vulnerable and, and open and sharing their stories. But, um, yeah, it's been, it's been really rewarding and, and really fun. Right. Definitely. Definitely. Now I know another way that you and I connected a little bit more in the latter part of last year was you did a runpreneur communication. Um, and we had a, a, a meetup on that. And of course, for me, again, Tommy's not as much on social media, but I'm trying to grow my social media um, in different ways. And of course, business as well. Tell us a little bit more on your thoughts on your runpreneur part of your business. Yeah, so so that's probably the newest sort of branch of what, what I've been doing. And um, it really kind of came out of um, just questions that people were asking me. I think a lot of, like I explained about the virtual retreat, a lot of like what I've created is driven by what people are telling me or asking me about. And um, I, over the last, I would say two two years or so, I've been fielding a lot more questions of how do I start my own retreat? How do I, you know, how do I grow my Instagram or how do I partner with brands? How do I pitch a brand? How do I get sponsorships? Um, you know, I started blogging a, a while ago now. Um, and so I have kind of all of that blogging experience. I was a freelance writer for women's running runners world for a while, then sort of, you know, transitioned into rise run retreat. Um, and I've, you know, I used to be a high school English teacher. <laughs> so it's like everything that I know about business and about what I'm doing and creating. And I've, I've, I'm self-taught, like I've, I've just like Googled my way to, to figuring it all out. Right. And, um, and so, you know, I realized like I, I was starting to answer a lot of these questions and, um, I think kind of the conclusion that I came to is, is if a few people are, are seeking me out for the answers to these questions, then there probably are more people who would benefit from the answers to these questions. And, um, and so that's why I put together the, the Runpreneur workshop, um, which India, you are a part of, was just kind of distilling everything that I've learned over, over the past however many years and um I can't do math when I'm talking on a podcast however many years. and <laughs> and uh and just kind of distilling it into like some key points of like things that have helped me move forward things that have helped me create something that's that's meaningful and then yeah just some of the philosophy behind like how to approach your business how to how to grow how to build um and uh, so that's, that's kind of what the Runpreneur workshop was about. And, and sort of the extension of that is for people who want sort of a deeper dive um, in really um, developing what they're working on is I have something called the Runpreneur Academy, which is, um, which is a sort of um, community for runners who are also entrepreneurs who are building businesses that serve the running community. Um, I think sometimes when you think about like the running industry, everyone thinks like the big brands that make shoes and clothing and apparel or like nutrition products or whatever, but there's a whole host of like these solo entrepreneurs, these small business owners who are sort of carving their own path and whether they're podcasters or bloggers or, you know, influencers or creators, whatever it is that they're doing it's tied to the running industry and the running community. 
Um, but there's not a lot of people out there who are kind of talking about how to, to create a business within the running space. And so um, that's kind of what I wanted to do is just take, take what I've learned in doing that and, and share it with other people. Where do you feel like, or when do you feel like, do you feel like I should say there was a shift over the last couple years into more of the runpreneur space or do you feel like it's been around just more publicized? Like, yeah, I, I definitely think that it's been around, right. There's been run coaches and, and nutrition. There's been all these people who have been sort of like freelancing or, or kind of doing their own thing in the running space. But I think it's becoming a little bit more recognized as sort of like an established, like business, small business or position, you could say. Um, and so I think there's, there's just a growing number of people who I think are eager to, to grow or scale what they're already doing. Um, and so I think that, that there, there definitely is probably, there's some momentum like over the last couple of years in the space, I think. I agree. I agree. You know, something that always sticks out in my mind is the, I feel like the running world, there's, there is a space of individuals that it's just running its ambassadorships. It's, you know, this, but then there's the other piece that no, you can be a runner. You can influence others to get out and run. And you can also do paid partnerships for the things that you're doing amazing. Um, and I think that I'm hoping that over the next couple of years, the shift of that starts to happen more. Um, I find that there is a, a little piece of a uh, there's a lot of excitement behind ambassadorships and, you know, the kind of the free connection to the running world um, and not as much connection or not as much communication or people talking about how you can get paid still doing the things that you love. And I think when individuals like yourself are doing runpreneur um, workshops and having more dialogue around those other opportunities, it becomes well known and accepted, you know, throughout um, throughout the run community. Because you know, there there are times where I know I found people that you know you post that you got a paid partnership, and they're like, "What is this? You're getting paid for this?" And it's like, "Listen, this can be a business. It can be. Yeah, it can be." And I think, you know. I think one of the things coming from blogging, I think very early on, to me, it felt like there just wasn't a lot of information out there, right? There, because there were paid, definitely paid partnerships in the blogging world, sort of before this this transition to um, social media, and I, there still are. There's blogging is a lot of people say blogging is dead, but I don't think it is. It's not. Um, it's, it's growing. Yeah, <laughs> it's growing. So, um, but. My, my experience was that like not a lot of people were collaborating or willing to share like what they knew or what they were doing or like the details of their partnerships or like how, what should I charge? Like, how do I make a media kit? Like there were all these questions that I had that I didn't really have a lot of answers to that I kind of had to find on my own. And I think honestly, the more we can dialogue about it and, and talk about it, it's actually going to elevate the whole industry and elevate everybody who's involved. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think there are, unfortunately, there's, there are some brands who'll take advantage of people who are willing to just do something for free or in exchange for product. Um, and that, that actually becomes a disservice to, to the people who are, you know, trying to make this a business. Um, and so I think the more that we talk about it, the more we sort of have an open discussion 
Um, and, and the more people are willing to share, like obviously there, there are gonna be people who kind of wanna keep their rates and whatever they do to themselves, which is fine. Um, but that's not who I am. I'm like, I'll tell you everything. <laughs> so um, I think like the more that we can, we can talk about it and, and sort of demystify and like pull back the curtain of like what exactly is going on? Like, what do these, how does it, what does it look like to get a paid partnership? How do you negotiate that? Like, how do you pitch that? Like all of those things, like, the more we can, like all of that, yeah. Stuff, like, yeah. Yep. Yeah. The more we can talk about it, the more educated people are like, it's just gonna, it's just gonna help everyone across the board. Yeah. I think in why not, like, sometimes I think I look at other, um, industries or even like lifestyle bloggers or bloggers, and those people are making money and it's like, you know, to do something that they love. And it's like, why can't we, we love running and we're publicizing for brands and companies you know, because we love the product and we're communicating with people because we just love what we do. Like why not monetize off of it? And of course it's not all about the money, but there is opportunity to have that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely opportunity out there. And, um, so, yeah, so that's kind of what, what the Rempreneur, um, Academy and workshops are all about is just that, that discussion is just kind of shining a light on this, this area and trying to help people as much as possible. Yeah. Sarah, I hope you explain to them that it's actually work though. It's not, <laughs> this is, this is not something that if you don't want to work, if you don't need to get, if you yeah. think, well, I'll quit my job and do this because it's easy. It yeah. is, it's still a job. And I, I mean, I think in the end, the people who put in the work will be the ones that will succeed. I mean, you can tell or give all the secrets and tell them how to do this, but if they don't put in the hours and the time, hey, being on, hey, even Kim Kardashian shows up to work every day. So, I, you know, whatever it's, it's, it's work. So yeah. as, long as, as long as people understand that. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's funny. Cause I think my daughter and I were having this almost this exact, oh yeah, we were having this discussion last night. She was at, Cause she has access to our mass. We have masterclass and the masterclass app and she has access to it. And she's been watching all these masterclass um, episodes. And uh, she was like, mom, like, don't these people ever worry about everybody knowing all their things that they know and their secrets? And I was like, well, they're, they're generous and they're confident. Like if you, if you are generous with what, you know, that means you're confident and you're self-assured. If you are not generous with what you know, that means you're insecure and you're worried. And, and it's all about like the scarcity and abundance mindset. Um, you know, and so I was trying to explain to her that really what it boils down to is the people who are going to take action. Who are the people who are going to follow through and take action on what they've just learned? And are they going to work even when it's hard or even when like they want to quit or even when it looks like there's no possibilities or, you know, it's, it's all about the persistence and the perseverance and the hard work. And so, you know, it's like, I'll share what I know. And if people want to work as hard as I work, <laughs> come on and join me. Exactly. <laughs> Not just pretty pictures. Like there's so yes. much that can behind all of that. <laughs> yep. yep. And I think that, you know, and I think that the biggest thing is when it comes to that is being uniquely you. Mm. You know, like being uniquely you and being authentic to yourself. Like I, I, that's something I tell myself all the time. Like, even if things aren't growing the way that I want, or at the time that I want, just know that the people that are gravi gravitating towards you are meant, it's meant to be. And if you continue yeah. to yourself and continue to be consistent, it will come. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. Yes. So tell us really quickly about when is the next um, either Runpreneur or Rise from Retreat, what's the next program that they can sign up with for you and how can they get more details, our listeners? Yeah, so coming up at the end of January, I have another workshop coming up. Can't share all the details quite yet, but another workshop coming up at the end of January um, that is Runpreneur and, and running focused. So um, keep your eyes out for that on, on social media. And, um, and then for Rise Run Retreat, um, we are announcing um, right around mid-January, we'll be announcing the dates and location for our fall retreat. We've already announced our virtual retreat dates. Um, and for the virtual retreat, the first, um, the first one's coming up in February. Um, it's February 19th through the 21st. And um, we have a great lineup of guest speakers for that. We have um, Dr. Stacy Sims. She's the author of the book Roar. She's a, a leader in women's physiology and performance. Um, if you aren't familiar with her TED talk, it's um, women are not small men. Super good, super good TED talk to watch. Um, and so she's going to be joining us. And then we also have Erin Holt of Erin Holt Health. She's a functional nutritionist and she's going to be talking all about gut health. So gut health is like kind of the buzz lately. Um, super important for, um, our immune system. And also like, there's a huge like brain gut connection. So she's going to kind of like demystify all of that and talk about that. So, um, so those are our two guest speakers. Registration will open for that on February 8th. So um, yeah, so you get access to the virtual retreat, plus you get a swag box that gets shipped to your door and it's all kinds of fun. Oh, sounds good. Just to confirm, uh, I'm sorry, India, just to confirm, Sarah, <clears throat> excuse me, the um, retreats, is this for women only or is this- It is for women only, sorry, okay. Tommy. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to get any to sign up and I'll just show up and just sit behind her and watch. Yeah, there you um, go. <laughs> no, but, and then the, um, the runpreneur stuff, is that women only as well? Nope. That's open okay. to men and women. Yeah. Okay, great. Awesome. And Sarah, tell our listeners how they can find you on social or, or in your website. Yeah. So my website is sarahcanny.com and um, my blog is still there. You can go up back all the way to 2000, 2010. Um, so, the, and I've been um, a little bit more active on that um, and, and putting up some new posts lately. Um, so yeah, so I'm over there. I uh, also have a really active newsletter. I, I reach out to my newsletter um, pretty much once a week with um, with some thoughts and just stuff, good stuff, valuable stuff. Um, and uh, and then on social, I'm at Sarah.canny. So that would be Instagram. Every other platform, it's just at Sarah Canny with no dot in the middle. So <laughs> awesome. Well, Tommy, did you have any other questions? I know me and you felt like- oh, you I've truly enjoyed listening. I got a lot of information. Um, you know, hey, great. And it, thank you again for taking time out of your day to speak with us. Yeah, of course. It was fun. And, you know, if you ever find yourself in some snow, now you know all about snowshoe running. <laughs> you know, I probably need to hit you up on some tips on that. Not that I will be running in the snow, but, you know, I may have some clients that yeah. are um, in snow areas and I'm like, I know you can get some stuff for your shoes. And <laughs> Put, yeah. some, put some yaks on and things of that nature, but <laughs> that's about all I know. 
Hey, we'll send them my way and I'd be happy to help them. Awesome. Well, thank you so very much, Sarah. We greatly appreciate it. And we'll definitely be talking soon. Yeah. Thanks so much. This was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. What a great conversation with Sarah. And Sarah, thank you again for taking time out of your day to speak with us. Yes, you have some amazing things going on. You're an amazing individual and continuing to give back to the running community and obviously growing those that are within it. So thank you, Sarah, for coming on. And I know I look forward to um, seeing what we can do together in the future. Well, I always like to see people who decide they want to give back. I mean, yeah, Sarah has a business, but as she was saying, she's even starting that business. She's taking that information and showing people how to start their own business. So I love people that that are free with their knowledge because um, it helps everybody. Yeah, I think that that's the biggest thing is that when people want to give the knowledge and, and for, you know, to be free because you genuinely want to help. I think if you are a genuine person, that's kind of where it starts. You have your knowledge, you grow, you get your experience and you deliver it. So Exactly, exactly. All right. So India, yes. how can they keep up with you on your social media? <laughs> yeah, so you can find all of my information on my website at milesfromindia.com. Um, you can also find me on my YouTube page that is also Miles from India and on Instagram, it's I underscore of underscore Indigo, which is E-N-D-I-G-O underscore runs. But if you wanna have all the connections and you can go to one place, you can just go to my website, milesfromindia.com. And you can hit me up at tmitch68 on Instagram. And then my email address is thomaswmitchell, the number two, at gmail.com. Yes, All right. Yes. Well, another week. We'll see you guys in two weeks. Yes, episode 75 in the books. Peace, y'all. All right. <laughs>